David Shoebridge. Good morning, mate. How are you? Yeah, yeah, good, Marcus. So I hear it might be your birthday today. Is this true? Oh, it could be, yeah. Yeah. I'm 40 <laughs> again, David. Oh, well, I turned 40 again um, a few weeks ago in, um, in, in, in mid-September. My, 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 my wife and I both, both turned 40 again, um, you know, 40 plus 10. We decided to reschedule to next year because it was a bit of a mess. Well, that's so, right. Um, it's a, yeah. Look, this year's got an asterisk next to it anyway. So let's yeah. just be, I don't know, 49 for the next uh, year or so, hey? Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what we decided. Reschedule, we'll do it properly next year. Sounds good, mate. All right, how do we cautiously welcome this reopening? Uh, I mean, we need to continue to have public health advice guiding what we do, and we need to remember how we got into this month's long now mess with the incredibly slow vaccine rollout by the federal coalition and quarantine breach by the state. But look, I'm glad things are reopening. I think it's important for mental health. It's good to get people back to work. It's good that I'll be able to see my kids again at the other end of the city. And I mean, there are yeah, so I many think, positives. Yeah, I, I think we all absolutely need some opening up, don't we? We, we need it for the economy. We need it for our mental health. Um, and we're at a level of vaccination now that we can cautiously open up. Um, and, and I think everybody needs to do this. If for no other reason, Marcus, then we were all getting so um, um, absolutely sick of the lockdown. And you could see that the, the community willingness to hold on to it was beginning to fray. And when once, once you start losing that... Um, well, then you lose control of the lockdown anyhow. So we need to have a staged progression out of this. We're at a, yeah. a level of vaccination now, not because of the good work of the federal government, which was woefully incompetent in getting the vaccines out. And, and I think we need to remember we are the better part of 12 months behind the rest of um, the world, you know, that we would normally compare ourselves to in terms of rolling out our vaccine rates. And, and we've had months and months and months of lockdown longer than um, we needed because of how woefully slow the federal government was in getting vaccines rolled out. And the fact that they put all their eggs in one basket with AstraZeneca, I mean, it was just, you reflect upon that and you just think how incredibly incompetent it was. But we're at a point now where we've got um, vaccination rates at a level where we can start getting back some of what we've lost. And I think we all welcome that. I mean, we, we will all want to go and catch up with relatives, um, uh, go and see family and kids um, that we haven't been able to see for months and months and months. And that's something we should celebrate. We should celebrate, though, that as a community achievement because it's been a community collective achievement. Well, it absolutely has. And importantly, of course, we need to ensure that we're still following the rules. You, you need to mask up where you're told to, stick to the, uh, you know, the, uh, the social distancing guidelines. Make sure, yeah. please, whatever you do, uh, that you follow the health guidelines so we don't find ourselves, you know, getting into well, a situation where the, things the seem to be locked The worst is the yo-yo, isn't it, Marcus? The worst is the yo-yo, that we release too much. Mm. Um, we have a mess. And, and the real the concern for me isn't so much um, overall case numbers. I mean, they, they, they will certainly rise. But if they rise amongst people who are largely vaccinated, yep. well, then we should be okay. The concern is if it rises amongst people who are not vaccinated. And there are some really vulnerable parts of our community that have not been able to or have not had access to the vaccinations that they they need to keep them safe. People with disability, That's people right. who are immunocompressed, um, mm -hmm. First Nations communities. So, I mean, they're the communities we need to be continue to look out for continue to follow the public health restrictions. Um, and again, everybody needs to do everything they can. If you can get vaccinated, get vaccinated because um, it might be a, a minuscule risk for yourself yeah. in terms of getting vaccinated, but it's a major risk for these parts of the community that haven't been able to get vaccinated or can't get vaccinated. And, and we've got to, we've got to 
maintain the the public health controls to keep them safe, and we've got to be getting ourselves vaccinated to keep them safe too. All right, let's move on. The recent <coughs> revelations about the teacher shortage and how the government's own leaked internal reports say we need to lift teacher wages to make the job more attractive or we will, unfortunately, be <laughs> you know, uh, facing a shortfall of thousands of teaching staff by 2025-26. Uh, I mean, the union has been, and the Teachers Federation have been banging on about this for, for a number of years now, and now they have the stats and the data to back it up. What does the government need to do here? Well, the government needs to stop basically lying to us. I mean, let's be clear. We have been raising um, in Parliament, outside of Parliament, the union's been raising it for years that we've got a crunch in terms of teacher numbers. And and the principal reason we're not having enough teachers coming in to the start of the profession, and, and we're seeing over the next like five or so years, we're going to see roughly about a quarter of the teachers hitting retirement age and, and leaving. And, and to fill that gap, we need a bunch of new, excited young teachers coming into the profession. That's just not happening. And, and what the government's own report says is the reason this is not happening is because there's not enough pay or respect and the conditions are too tough um, for teachers and people are just not willing to start off on it as a profession. And, um, and, and we have a government that basically froze teachers' wages last year, frozen. Um, yeah. We have a government that's had a 2.5% wage cap, meaning no real growth in teachers' wages now for years and years and years, delivered by the current Premier. And unless we get rid of that wage cap for teachers, and unless we start treating them as a genuine profession and respecting them, five years from now, we're going to be thousands of teachers short. Um, and it's already impacting in high school because a lot of the specialist teachers, science teachers, maths teachers, um, we just don't have the numbers, and generalist teachers are having to step up, and that's not good for the kids. No, no, absolutely not. All right, well, that's something that obviously we can talk about further. Finally, tomorrow, am I right in saying that state parliament f- sits for the first time <laughs> since June the twenty third? Yeah, this is. I mean, it's just extraordinary. We've had a we've had we've had a freeze on democracy um, during this this lockdown, and that has been. Um, I believe, not for public health reasons, that's been for deeply partisan political reasons to shut Parliament down. But we'll be back tomorrow. Yeah. Um, and I can tell you one of the first things the Upper House is going to do, it's going to change the rules so that the government can never again shut the Upper House down, which has a non-government majority. We'll be changing the rules and we won't allow the government to shut us down again. And, um, and from tomorrow, we're going to see scrutiny on the new Premier, we're going to see scrutiny on this government. Yeah. Um, and we're going to roll into budget estimates um, in a fortnight from now as well. There's, there's a hell of a lot of questions to be asked and a hell of a lot of answers we want, Marcus.